Hello, you beautiful people. My name is Davi Vieira. I'm joined by my co-host, Charlie Medeiros. Welcome to the Redox Cinema Podcast. And for today's episode, we have two things in stores for you guys today. We have the Eternals Expectation, where we're going to talk about Chloe Zhao's new film and what our expectations are for this film. This new Marvel film coming. And also, we're going to be doing a review on Last Night in Soho, directed by Edgar Wright. Hi, bro. How you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, saw Last Night in Soho on Wednesday, where you saw it yesterday, right? Yeah, that's right. But before we get into that, want to get into Eternals. Um, it's been a very trending topic this week. And the reason why is because the review embargo is away and now the Rotten Tomato meter showed up and as of today October 30th the film sits at 59% on the tomato meter and that is the lowest ever for a Marvel film and I'm gonna say this guys do not judge a movie off a critic's opinion go in with your own opinions and judge it for yourself. Don't let someone else form your opinion on art. You interpret it the way that you like it and the way that you want it. So that's my advice to y'all before seeing this film. But Charlie, after everything that's happened this week with Eternals, how are you feeling going into the film next Thursday? Um, I feel like fans are going to be really divided for this one. Um, and the reason why is you, you have a different style of director who, you know, people are not used to seeing um, that style of movie. Um, Cause she, she's like an independent filmmaker, Chloe Zhao. Mm-hmm. And she made um, Nomadland, which people might've may or may not have heard of mm-hmm. Pro- most likely probably did not hear about it. Even though it won won best picture. Yeah. It it won awards for everything. So people just aren't used to, you know, this, this style of directing that comes with, uh, art house directors like Chloe Zhao. Um, and so I feel like people are going to be divided. I really do. I think that, I mean, people, I don't know if people did the research or if they know that she's like a big comic book fan. She's very, very into comic books. Um, and she knows the Marvel universe very well. She's been following it very well. So if you're going to choose someone to direct a film like this, she makes perfect sense because yes. she's very knowledgeable. Yes, I agree. You know, but she, you, you still have to think about the fact that she has um, that like film student mentality or like art house film mentality of approaching movies, mm-hmm. regardless of if she's a super fan of the, the universe. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to get the same uh, sort of execution as you would with uh, the, you know, for example, the, the, the brothers who directed the Avengers movies, yeah. they're I'm blanking Bruce, on their names. The Russo, the Russo brothers. brothers. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to get, you know, you're not going to get just blockbuster action, all that kind of stuff. You're going to get more like diving deep into people's psyche, into their emotional, uh, you know, state. And I don't know if Marvel fans are, technically ready for that yet yeah and this is the longest marvel movie um before after endgame right because i know endgame is three hours long this one caps at what two hours and 45 minutes if i'm correct (laughs) yeah it's something like that it's It's pretty long it's a long film so it's pretty long so i mean that's the other thing like if you if you've seen nomadland like that movie's a slow burner yeah yeah, it's it's it, it, it 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 progresses pretty slowly and it drags out and I feel like Eternals could be some of that because mm-hmm. she's probably Chloe Zhao is probably trying to direct you towards you know taking time with these characters and character building each person um, and there might not be as much action and that kind of stuff uh, so I don't know I don't know if fans are going to appreciate this movie as much mm-hmm. um, personally for me I, I love um, character development. And I think with this film, we're going to get a, like, it's going to be a big focus, 
but obviously it's gonna be a lot tougher because there's 10 characters that you have to develop if i'm right it's 10 there's a lot of them right yeah, there's there's, there's a lot in the eternals so i'm thinking if you're giving it two hours and 45 minutes to develop a number of characters is that enough time i i don't think so and, and that, I, I feel like certain characters will get prioritized over other characters um primarily like i think it's athena icarus um maybe druig i don't know Mm-hmm. So like th- there's all, obviously like there'll be like side characters and stuff, but mm-hmm. you never know because they're such a big group. They might get um, like individual projects going forward. I could mm-hmm. see that happening. I could see like them breaking off certain members of the Eternals to having their own like Disney plus series or their own films. Yeah, so. that that is true. I agree. They could see that. But I think what's so massive about this and the scale of it is that you're introducing brand new characters into a team up film. Right. That is so hard to do because I mean, look what the, what Marvel has done with from the beginning, they were slowly introducing characters in and then they would do the, the Avengers film. So you'd get a ton of introduction films of characters and then boom, you go into the Avengers. And I think they played that, that layout three times because they did uh, Avengers, Age of Ultron and then Infinity War and Endgame, which I would, kind of put them together because a lot of the characters were already developed. Um, I think with Eternals though, you're bringing in everyone, all the, the characters together already. So that is, I think going to be a huge challenge for them. I think it was a big challenge for them. And I want to see how that, how they encountered that challenge because a lot of people are not, don't know who the Eternals are. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I would say like, I'm just a, a movie goer Marvel fan where I just go to watch the movies. I know a little bit about the comics, right? but I didn't know about Eternals until it was announced um, back when they did the conference. So that's when I did my search on it. I was like, Oh, what's Eternals? So the big objective of this film is going to be to not only introduce 10 characters, but make it a justified character development where Every character, I think, has some type of closure, not a closure, but some we get some answers and that's going to be a huge challenge and objective that I know that they that they wrote thinking of that. So I'm I'm just I want to see how they do it. Yeah. I mean, the faith that I have is that she knows the source material Mm -hmm. and I actually read some of the comics um, as well when I heard that the film was going to be coming out and I saw the first trailer, I was like, okay, let me grab some of these uh, Eternals comics um, and start reading them. And I, they're based off of what I've read. They're going to have to take a lot of liberties with uh, the world that is in the comics. I mean, first off, uh, this is not a spoiler because you know, it wouldn't have mattered. Like Iron Man's a big part of Mm -hmm. Eternals world in the comic books. Um, and obviously he's not present anymore because of Endgame, yeah. right? So um, in that case, they're going to have to, you know, come up with other solutions as to, you know, how they're going to replace him and, you know, what, what sort of powers they have or and stuff like that. But I think as well, um, you know, they, they did a lot of swapping of characters in general, mm-hmm. Uh, they gender swapped a lot of characters or they changed different characters. Like uh, I know the character, um, there's one character that's like, a, I think he's like a samurai or something and they swapped him out. Mm-hmm. So th- you can already tell they're taking a lot of liberties with it, mm-hmm. which is fine. I mean, th- they're not always going to follow the comic books a hundred percent. But for someone like Chloe Zhao, I, I kind of expect her to follow as close as possible mm-hmm. as compared to, you know, some of the other people uh, that direct. I mean, yeah. Just because we know how much of a comic bird nerd yeah. she is. Um, but I personally, I expect myself to possibly enjoy this movie because I have been anticipating and waiting for Marvel to change a, change up their formula yeah. for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, because we 
they have they do have a formula that they stick to and it works for them and the fans love it and they make a ton of money every movie they put out makes like a billion dollars you know so you know for, for, it's been working it's been working for them and I, and i think that um them kind of shying away from the formula for the first time technically is what's going to be like a big shock to the whole marvel fan base but i think it's also a good thing because then potentially you have this scenario where um these types of movies never get any sort of spotlight at awards shows yeah and you're potentially now i mean it's too early to tell we haven't seen the movie yet but we're talking about a you know a director that just won oscars last year you know so potentially putting oscar director to direct a marvel movie could mean that you know superhero blockbuster films finally get put into categories in uh you know in the oscars we i mean we've seen we've seen that one time with black Black panther Panther. but uh, uh, to be completely honest i don't feel like that should have been in there in there i think it was just there Mm -hmm. you know it it, it, it was kind of random Mm -hmm. i don't know especially for the lineup that year i i I don't know Uh, black panther was a really good movie one of one of the better marvel films that have been that have come out in the recent years but I don't know if it was like to that level that it was best picture, you know? Yeah. Nominated for best picture. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I have hope that this could, uh, change things going forward in that, in that case, but in, at the sacrifice of, <laughs> you know, a lot of the fan base, not Does it, like you're not aware at all. Yeah. The closest we've seen, like, I, I mean, I feel like I've seen more character progression and, and, and uh, more of like the indie, like art house type of um, production, more so along the lines of, of with the Disney Plus series. Yeah, Loki. I think Loki is a standout for me. Yeah. Uh, Loki, definitely. I loved Loki. Yeah. Um, I, I preferred WandaVision. Oh, really? Yeah. In terms of like, in terms of just like diving deep into a character and what they're going through and stuff like mm-hmm. Loki was really good as well, but I feel like WandaVision did it better for me, but I mean, yeah, uh, they're they're clearly doing it. They're changing up the formula just a tad bit, mm-hmm. um, and people just might not be ready for that yet. So, yeah, I I agree. Um, it's it's gonna be very interesting because I think fans, a lot of fans, like you said, they're not aware who Chloe Zhao is. Um, I think only like if you're if you follow the Oscars, you know who she is. But I I think the the mainstream Marvel fans don't understand not don't understand but don't know who she is right and yeah, they, they don't know at the end of the day they don't know who she is so obviously she's she's coming in and she's bringing in a totally new dynamic which i'm so excited to see and some some people just might not like it and yeah. like that's okay but there's gonna be people that are gonna love it so then now you're thinking okay how does this hold for future projects of marvel are you gonna still stick with you know pushing that element that new element mm-hmm. and pushing the narratives that they like giving a different a different voice yeah will they keep doing that or will they just go back to the former because it worked but i mean look a lot of characters are not coming back you know iron man's not coming back uh captain america is not coming back we have a new captain america so this this is going towards a different direction yeah. so you have I think at the end of the day, you have to change something because you're bringing in a ton of new characters and there's characters that have already left. So then you're sitting there, you're like, what are they going to do? And then some people are just going to be like, oh, phase three was better. Phase two was better. Phase one was better. They have to reinvent the universe, you know, essentially. And they're doing that with the multiverse. To make it interesting for a new generation of people Mm -hmm. because, you know, the, the, the previous generation of people grew up with those other phase characters for the span of what, like a decade? Mm-hmm. you know so now you're you have to prep for the for the next decade you know and and be like relatable to that audience and i don't know i mean obviously the whole relatable thing is up in the air because it's getting review bombed right now you know so like yeah, so, people, so people are not really like it. it no but it's but it's also it's getting oh is it really people that haven't seen so it? it's getting review bombed on imdb the ones that are on rotten tomatoes those are verified by Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. so I'm I'm talking so, about specifically Rotten Tomatoes because that that to me is still like review bomb. You think it's still review bomb? Yeah, because it's under sixty percent. That's still yeah. that's still really bad rating for yeah. for Marvel standards. Because 
everything they come out with that I've seen is at least above mm-hmm. 80, 85%, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and it does really well with critics and with audiences. audiences. Like they, everybody really enjoys it. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, I was thinking a review bomb more as like someone who hasn't seen the film and they're just oh, going yeah, yeah, on okay. to, they're just going on to like IMDb to just okay, do it yeah. pers- purposefully to make the film look bad. I see. That's, that's yeah. what I thought about it. And they're doing it on IMDb where people are just someone, I read a review where they said that, uh, Chloe Zhao knows nothing about the comics. I was like, are you serious? That's just ridiculous. That's not true at all. <laughs> That's she's not a, true. She's a big comic book <laughs> she fan. Loves, she loves Marvel. Yeah. So I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is horrible. This is, it's just, it, it's kind of heartbreaking because it's like, come on. Yeah. They got to give a, him a shot. But like going back a little bit before what you said before, like in terms of the fans not knowing who she is as a director, I feel like that shouldn't matter. No, that shouldn't no, matter because it never did in the Marvel mm-hmm. universe. Marvel's really good. And I have to give them credit for that. They're very good at bringing in certain directors that like were not really known. Mm-hmm. And then they make these like huge projects with Marvel and then they, it, it does really well and people fall in love with that director, you know, that's essentially what I don't really know too much of the Russo brothers like past, but that's essentially what happened with uh, who was directing Spider-Man. Now I forget his name. John, John Watts. Watts. Yeah. John Watts. Is it John Watts? I think so. John Watts, right? I think I and now he's so. writing. He's writing Fantastic Four. Yeah, look at so, that. You know what I'm pretty- saying so. Like, you, you you're taking directors that were making potentially like small budget projects, and now they're making movies that make a billion dollars in the box office every time. You know, so I believe that um, you know that should that part shouldn't matter. I feel like Marvel always does a good job at that, and it almost feels like this is the first time that people are complaining and saying that this is like, you know, they, they made a wrong choice with the direction, which I, I don't know. I mean, we haven't seen the movie yet. We have to see a movie, mm-hmm. but I feel like I'm going to disagree with that, but I don't know. We're just gonna have to see it. I, I definitely have high hopes for this film. And because I know that reading stuff about it before it's going in a different direction, focusing on really on the, on the dynamics of each character relationships yeah. with each character. So that's why I was very, um, I'm, I'm still so excited to see it. So um, my expectations are, are are high for this film, and, um, and to be quite honest, I I have it on the same level of of uh, No Way Home, and the reason why is because I, I was I'm so excited to see Chloe Zhao because I, I I admire her work a lot. I'm a big fan of her work. Um, I I really enjoyed Nomadland when I first watched it. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but I I just love how she she gives she focuses a lot on the characters and the characters' emotions and. Um, just seeing the realities of what they're going through. And yeah. that's why I, I want to see that as, as a fan of Marvel as well. I want to see her giving a, a, a portrayal of, you know, what it's like, you know, to, to come back to the universe where they couldn't even help the Avengers defeat Thanos. And it's like, I think I mentally can destroy someone in a group of superheroes who couldn't intervene and help. So that's why I think it's going to be, it's going to be a, a, an interesting an interesting movie. I wasn't actually that big of a fan of Nomadland, to be completely honest. Like, I can respect the vision that was behind it. I can respect the art uh, behind the filmmaking process, you know, using people that are not actors, like real life, real life people. Um, I can respect all of that. And I thought the cinematography was beautiful as well. So that's what I'm expecting from Eternals is more of that beautiful cinematography, beautiful uh storytelling about you know humans and like people although eternals are not really humans but i mean yeah i I, that's what i'm expecting from that even though i wasn't the biggest fan of nomadland but really what got what got me excited was from reading the comics they have a really cool they have a really cool story and i feel like it might be the most different of all the heroes that we've seen Um, so that might be another reason why fans don't connect. It might not even be just because of Chloe Zhao's direction. It might just be the story itself. You know, the story is there. It's very different. Um, it's not like, it's not like completely different compared to 
the the other heroes in terms of like you know like because the Eternals are essentially like they they come from another planet mm-hmm. and essentially they built all this like uh, machinery and all these like all this intelligence and they trained humans over the years to adapt uh, those things like those that machinery that sort of intelligence the intellect and that's essentially like how earth became what it is today and why humans have the knowledge because the Eternals uh, taught them their ways through years of research and stuff. So essentially like they're kind of like alien ish beings in a way they're, they're not from this planet and, but they have like super, super crazy powers. So it's different than like, you know, Iron Man, he's a actual guy and he builds an iron suit and that's relatable because he's a human and Spider-Man is a human. He got bit by a spider. He has superpowers. That's relatable because he's a human. It, it might be because of that. We have some instances like Thor. Thor is not, Thor is a God, you know, he's not a human and we see, you know, his world and stuff, but uh, it, it those movies work because of how the story is told. So I feel like in Eternals, as long as the story is told well Mm -hmm. and we can relate to the characters, I think it'll do fine. And I do think that's going to, I do think Chloe Zhao is a, is a person who can do that Mm -hmm. effectively. I mean, if I'm thinking of what else I have to say about it, it's, 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 I'm just ready to watch it and I can't wait to see it. And I hope, and I know this film is, is projected to perform well at the box office and thank God the box office is slowly getting back to normal. And no matter what, I think Marvel films will, will, will be box office saviors. I mean, to be quite honest, you can yeah. depend on Marvel films to get those, to get other movies to come in. So I'm, I'm excited to see it. But do and you think that, do you think that um, it's still going to perform as well because of all the crazy reviews? I mean, everybody's seeing it, you know? All of the fans are seeing their early reviews come in and people basically hating on the movie. Do you think that affects the weekend, first weekend box office? I don't think it will affect first weekend box office because there's so many uh, auditoriums already packed because fans bought their tickets in advance. I don't think it will affect that. But um, if you look at second weekend and weekends after that, maybe. Yeah. But okay. one thing I'm seeing um, through social media, TikTok, Twitter, um, I'm seeing fans posting uh, videos and tweets about saying, yo, judge the movie off your basis. Do not judge it off someone else. You go in and see it. Yeah. So I'm seeing a lot of comments like that. A lot of people liking those comments. Yeah. So I think that's good where I think there's a, an, an agreement with the fans where they're saying, look, we'll watch this movie on our own and we'll judge it by the way that we by by what we think of it right exactly and that's which is right which should that's yeah, that's should the that right way every, every movie every yeah. movie every movie should be done that way so i think i think like i said there's a general consensus consensus that fans are doing that so that's the hope that maybe the audience score is better than the critic score but the audience score is already getting review bombed on imdb so i think it's just yeah. going to be a mess i think okay. it's going to be a mess in terms of those websites because those websites those websites don't have control sometimes of of reviews because they don't know which ones are real which ones are, are, are authentic or not so i think it's i generally think that the the reviews are going to be all over the place yeah i yeah that my expectations for it going into opening weekend i think it's going to do well regardless of the reviews but like you said going forward like your general audience might not you know, feel like they need to go and watch this movie. So we'll see. I mean, I, it's Marvel. Everything that Marvel puts out is going to make a ton of money. Shang-Chi did really well. And that's a brand new character. Yeah. You know, but that movie was actually, it was really good. It was it was really good. good. It's good. And it got good reviews. It's, it's not, it wasn't going through the same issues that Eternals is, but um, yeah, hopefully, I mean, it'll do well. And I'm seeing a lot of things. I don't know if you saw that tweet or saw the thing about Kevin Feige talking about Spider-Man and like for people not to get their hopes up about, uh, about Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield being in the movie. So, I mean, I don't, he could be saying that like trolling. And right, being if like, you guys you know, don't know. I'm giving the, the biggest stank face right now because I'm <laughs> stank face, but like 
BS face because he's definitely lying. I know. <laughs> he, he, he could be, but what if he's telling the truth? That's oh, the other come thing. Come on, come if on. If he's telling the truth, then that means that yeah, Marvel potentially could have two upset movies in a row, which would be a first for them, honestly. <laughs> Look, there was a uh, an issue from Empire Magazine that came out, and they kind of already... Um, like pointed to the fact that there's they're gonna be in the film. Yeah. So, I think they'll be in the film. I think what Feige's trying to do is, um, understand that fan service sometimes they're not gonna do it. You know, right? It's, you're just not gonna. It's not gonna do it. They're gonna do what's justified and what they think is justified to the story. Mm-hmm. Because I think if you fall into fan service all the time, and I don't know, sometimes it can get repetitive. And I don't know. Feige wants to take a different route. I, I, honestly, I think he's just doing that to create more buzz around the movie as like to a, it, it's, it. yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's like an indirect way of marketing it mm-hmm. in a way, you know, cause we're still all anticipating the second trailer. So yeah, like when is that trailer going to drop? I mean, he says that now and then like the trailer drops in a few days and it shows both of them and everybody loses their minds. I, I don't. Come, I hope to be they don't honest, show them. I hope they don't. I hope they don't show them in the trailer. I hope it's a I'm surprise. In the scream movie. in the movie theater. That's what I'm that saying. Happens, you know? That's what I'm saying. I really don't want them to show up <laughs> in the trailer, dude. That would be. It wouldn't be wise. It wouldn't be wise. Yeah. But, in terms of marketing, it won't. But I've said this about um, the previous Spider-Man movie, No Way Home, was a huge issue for me uh, before it came out because the trailer spoiled a huge plot point, which was that. MJ finds out that he's Spider-Man, mm-hmm. that Peter is Spider-Man. And far that was like, home, right? that was in the, uh, yeah, Far From Home, I'm sorry. In Far From Home, yeah. And that was in the trailer. And I was like, I really wish I didn't watch this trailer. I didn't want them to know. Like, obviously, like, you know, the the, the fate of the movie, if you base it off the originals, like the Tobey Maguire one and the Andrew Garfield one, like, they're going to find out. The MJ character is going to know who Peter really is and that he's Spider-Man, but... I would rather like see that moment myself on in the, the theater screen, yeah. and not have it spoiled in a trailer. Mm-hmm. And the trailer just like tease everything to me and, and, and like make me want to watch the movie, you know? Mm-hmm. So if they, if they go ahead and show um, the other two Spider-Man in this new trailer, I'll be upset. But regardless, like, yeah, if they don't do it, I think it's going to be a huge disappointment and it might get review bombed just like Eternals did. <laughs> so, but justifiably so at that point, maybe. I yeah, don't know. We'll see. Or did the fans do it to themselves? I don't know. They just do it to, I don't know. Maybe they did it themselves with all yeah. the rumors and stuff. All right. So, Charlie, coming in, we're about a couple of days away from seeing Eternals. From one to 10, how hyped are you to see Eternals? Um, okay. I feel like the hype kind of died out a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, once I saw the first like teaser trailer, I was very excited yeah. because I was like, wow, oh, yeah. this Good. is shot differently yeah, yeah. than a lot of the other Marvel even films. The, even, the, in the, even the grading was different. Yes. The color correction, the grading, it just looked different. Yeah. It, it just, it finally felt like they were stepping up, you know their game in terms of cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, they have good like visuals and stuff. Usually it's within CGI and all that, but yeah, it, it just felt, it felt different. It felt fresh. It felt new and it felt like it was getting a major overhaul. And that's what I like about Chloe Zhao. She has excellent um, vision for what she wants from her cinematographers. And so that was got me, that got me excited. The other few trailers, um, didn't really do anything else for me. It kept me on the same level. I would, I would put myself at like a, maybe like a five, five yeah. out of 10 excitement. Mm-hmm. Like I'm neutral, which yeah. I think is okay because mm-hmm. I would rather not be like overly hyped. And then if the movie is disappointing, it would disappoint me even more. Mm-hmm. But if the movie is good and I'm not so hyped for it, then I might, you know, enjoy it more. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what about you? I mean, for me, I had it, I had it, I was, I'm still really excited to see it. Um, but obviously before when I saw the trailers, it, I was a lot more hyped and I put it on like my hype list or whatever. I, I have it on this. I had it on the same scale as, as no way home. Oh, okay. But, wow. but, but when, you know, when all these reviews started coming out, 
I, I was I was generally like upset because I was like, wow, dang, it's a, it's a different Marvel movie and it's getting absolutely like destroyed. And some of the reviews I wasn't agreeing with, but I, I can't I can't do that because I haven't seen the film. Yeah, but it for me it generally makes me more excited to see it because I want to see what critics are saying and if it's justified what they're saying. So I definitely still have it like at a seven. You know, I'm still excited to see it. And it's right. Because one thing is I'm excited to see the cinematography, the color correction is different. The gradings are different. Everything just seems different. It just seems, it doesn't like, you don't even need to put a Marvel title with, with it. Cause that's how different I think it looks. Yeah. So that's why I'm, that. I'm still, I'm still excited to see it. And we're seeing it in IMAX and I think that's going to help a lot. Um, but also I'm excited to see the Marvel fans in theaters with us because it's going to be, I think, a film where when you leave, everyone's going to be talking about because of the reactions from the pre from the previews that the critics were able to see the film. And also, you know, there's just going to be general buzz because, you know, you're going to get the post credit scene. And yeah. it's just which I've heard is like it's wild. Yeah. Wild, yeah. like really wild. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I read I, one review that said it was better than the whole film, which I thought was very disrespectful. But, but, um, but, but yeah, I, I, I'm still excited and to see an IMAX. Absolutely. And now last night in Soho directed by Edgar Wright. If you guys are not familiar with Edgar Wright, uh, the last film he did was baby driver and that was a great film. And then there's an, uh, uh, more of his films are your, he's mostly known for Scott Pilgrim versus the world. That's on Netflix. If you haven't seen that, definitely check it out. Uh, um, I saw it on Wednesday. Charlie saw it yesterday, right? Yeah. I saw it last night. And first reaction, what'd you think of it? I, uh, okay. I had some issues. I wish I saw it with you because you went to go see it in Dolby mm-hmm. and I went to go see it in, you know, just standard format, my local theater. I, as soon as the movie started and like the intro music was playing, I was like, this is way too quiet. What is going on in here? Uh-huh. It was like the volume was set to like five, you know, and it goes to like a hundred or something volume level. It was so, so low. I, it was the first time I actually like, I was like, I can't do this. I got up mm-hmm. and I walked over to the front desk and like, I was like, can you guys please turn up the volume in this theater? Cause it is so low and I can't hear jack squat like and they did um they bumped it up ever so slightly but it still helped a little bit um but in terms of the movie honestly I was struggling to I was struggling to um keep myself awake because I saw it kind of late at night Uh, and usually when I'm feeling like that. A movie will like just put me to sleep. But f- for whatever reason, this movie kept like piquing my interest and I wouldn't fall asleep. Yeah. You know, I was staying awake throughout and I thought that it was beautifully done, shot very well. It was very, very creative. Um, I'm sure that it's inspired by many other films, um, but I love Thomas and Mackenzie in it. I loved Anya Taylor-Joy. Um, they both knocked it out of the park visually. It's stunning. Uh, story-wise it's a little bit, might take a little bit at first to gain traction and then some way around the halfway point or so it starts to build and you start to understand the story more. Um, but yeah, go ahead. And, um, if you guys don't know what the film is about, um, follows, uh, aspiring, uh, fashion designer named Eloise, who's played by. Thomas McKenzie and she moves to London and she first lives in a dorm room, but then she decides to leave the dorm room because it's not working well with her, with her roommate. So then she goes into this uh, woman's house and she gets a house. She gets a room at the last floor of her home. And uh, Eloise is a character who is obsessed with that. The 1960s uh, London fashion, everything about the 1960s. She loves it. The music as well. So, um, in that, in that bedroom, she plays old records and all that stuff. And she like imagines herself in the sixties, but when she falls asleep in that bedroom, she gets transported, trans transported back to the sixties 
and she meets a character named Sandy, who's played by Anya Taylor-Joy, who is an inspiring uh, singer. And then she deals with, uh, a, she has a, she has a pimp in the film and that pimp ends up killing her. And then it becomes a, a, a horror film where essentially, yeah, where Eloise is now haunted with the past of Sandy's murder in her present where she starts yeah. seeing ghosts and all the stuff of everything. So it's, 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 it's a, it's a good film. And the topic of it, the social commentary of it is, is very prevalent in what's going on in today's world. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a conversation that needs to be had. And yeah, and it's, 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 it's kinda, an ongoing one too. It's kind of like, um, Harvey Weinstein type of mm-hmm. topic. You know, it's, uh, it's an aspiring singer who to get her shot at what she wants as a singing career needs to please, uh, the men that are in charge, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's an unfortunate and sad story. It's really, I thought they did a, re- it was a really yeah. well executed and powerful way of, uh, telling that story. Um, I, I enjoyed the film a lot. I don't know if I'm going to compare it to like baby driver, which I think was his last yeah, project. His last project. I think baby driver, um, was a, I, I think I enjoyed that one probably a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but you still get the same type of Edgar Wright stuff with this movie. Like the, the whole like music sequence type of things. Like he loves to play with old music like that. Mm-hmm. And um, these like dream or nightmare sequences that are happening that felt uh, new to me and for his style compared to baby driver, but yeah. um, camera work all obviously also incredible. Um, I, I think it's a, it's worth to watch. Uh, the only thing that I would say is that it does feel like a movie that's supposed to be, you know, for this time of year, like Halloween type of deal. Like it's not, it's not like a horror movie, but it's like a thriller, like suspense, mm-hmm. but it came out on Halloween weekend. So yeah. it might be a little late. Cause like tomorrow's Halloween for us, we're recording this on a Saturday and Halloween's on Sunday this year. And as soon as, you know, November 1st comes along, we're already geared into holiday it's mode Christmas. For, it's already yeah, happy for Thanksgiving and, and for Christmas, you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it came out, it should have come out maybe like a couple of weeks before, but it, it, it was going to compete. It would have had to compete with Bond. And, yeah. And it, it, it was a really tough window to release that. But um, yeah, I, I would suggest you, you check this one out for sure. Yeah. I think it's a movie that I want to watch again. I wouldn't say that. I would have to see it in a theater again, even mm-hmm. though I'm very adamant about watching in theaters. I watched it in theater one time and I think that was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, once it releases and it's available at home, definitely going to watch it again and bump my speakers because the theater I watched it in sucked. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> the speakers were not loud enough. Um, I want to get to the, to the plot twist of the film. Yeah. And all right. So let me, so the plot twist happened. So the, and this is a spoiler. So this now we're going into spoilers. So, be warned. Spoiler yeah. time. So, so um, Eloise, when she goes into that new that new house that she's living in, there's a woman that lives there, and her name is Miss Collins. Um, and then the when she's go when she goes back to the sixties, she meet it's San, it's Sandy, right? Yeah. Um, plot twist: Miss Collins is Sandy. Yeah. And Eloise, uh, she when she was in those, in those dreams and going back to the past, she witnessed Miss Collins, AKA Sandy getting murdered, mm-hmm. but it wasn't that. So what was happening with Sandy was she was, um, she was a victim of sexual assault and rape many occasions and trigger word y'all. I, I apologize. Um, so as a victim of that, she, she, she would bring the guys would bring her back to, her room and they would do that and she would kill them yeah. she, because she, that's, that was her way of defending. And she killed a number of people. Very and, violently. Yeah. As well. The movie <laughs> yeah. is very like in your face about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. She's slicing their faces and their throats with mm-hmm. a knife and it's very like gory and, yeah. and stuff, but I think it's to be impactful, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, and I think I, I, um, obviously I'm, I don't 
my interpretation of it, I think is, um, even though she was the murderer, she, she is the victim because she was experiencing something that was, it's not her fault, you know, like what she went through. Yeah. It's not her fault. Mm -hmm. And I think she still had, she was still guilty of, she, she was guilty. She felt guilt. And when you're a victim, you, it's not your fault. Right. You know, that she went through that. Right. So I think, I think that's what the message of the film is, is like, remember that, you know, when you're, uh, uh, when you experience something like that, you know, it's, it's not, it's, it's not because it's not, it's not your fault, you know? And I don't want to say something wrong and, you know, right. I just think that, I think that's what the, the main message is. It's like, yeah. It, 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 the, uh, and you can see like, throughout the because we get an older version of Sandy now with Miss Collins and I think towards the end like there's an altercation between you know um Eloise's character and her and she's about to you know take Eloise's life as well because Mm. she potentially almost leaked you know all of her murders to the police. Uh-huh. And so she wants to go after Eloise as well. And and Eloise is, is still, even though in the moment she's about to like be killed, uh-huh. she's still sympathetic she's so, yeah. towards uh-huh. Sandy and being like, like, it's not your fault. Like, it isn't. Yeah. Like, exactly. uh, like, but also like trying to defend herself and, 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 and Miss Collins character is like, you know, she, she's like, they, they all deserved it. You know, they all deserve. And Eloise agreed. Die. She was like, and "Okay, she agreed. I agree." She's like, "It's not your fault." It's not. But I think she, I think she was with so much. I think she was dealing with that aspect of, of guilt where yeah. she can like where she. I think she was thinking it was her fault. Yeah, and that's in it. It's not. And she and she probably lived uh, her entire life after that in like a defensive mode mm-hmm. and always keeping an eye out on you know somebody that could come in to try and hurt her in any way. Mm-hmm. And she saw Eloise as a as a threat. And mm-hmm. that's why, you know, she welcomes her into her, into her room for the first time when Eloise is trying to move away and basically like poisons her tea, mm-hmm. you know, so you can see that she's very, very defensive and that's, you know, a long term, uh, long term trauma that comes mm-hmm. from suffering through something like that. So that's why I, 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 I like that, that um, they dove into that, into that topic. Yeah. Um, and the it's, nightmare sequences, like God, when yeah. Eloise when is seeing see, all these, like the go, like all the ghosts. the ghosts of, of the men that assaulted Sandy, like mm-hmm. it, it's very, like, it, it's very disturbing to mm-hmm. see it, the, the way that they portrayed it. It's, it's very like, it's an, it's like a nightmare sequence and you're mm-hmm. kind of living that with them in the moment. Mm-hmm. And oh, I just feel, I just wish that the theater like bumped on it because I feel like that would have impacted me more. Um, That's why I want to rewatch that movie. Um, But yeah, in terms of like sending um, uh, a a realistic message and a message that carries a lot of weight Mm -hmm. and that people deal with all the time, which is unfortunate. I think this is one of Edgar Wright's like best in terms of putting a message out Mm -hmm. like that. It wasn't just like a, a fun you know, uh, entertaining and, um, stylistic movie like baby driver was, mm-hmm. um, this had a deeper meaning while also being that, mm-hmm. but also being a, a, a bringing in that horror element, yeah. which is, which is, which is very creative, um, to do. It was, it was. and, um, that's why I, 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 I enjoyed it a lot too, but I definitely agree with you. I think when I left the theater, I was, I was, I was thinking about it a lot. And mm-hmm. trying to trying to understand what the the overall message was, and trying to get my interpretation of it, but understand that um, I think a lot of people will have a, a different outlook of it. Um, yeah, uh, especially if someone who's victim of that, and it's it's just tough. And um, I think he got. I think they got the message across well. Yeah, where, I agree. It was done tastefully. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't think it was done in a bad light. No. Or you know, I think there was a lot of thought put mm-hmm. into it um, and, and it was executed well. And I loved seeing Thomas and McKenzie finally in a leading yeah. role, like doing something, yeah. uh, f- you know, throughout the majority of a movie. Because um, 
I, I fell in love with her um, ability to act so well in Jojo Rabbit. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I need to see her in leading roles. And we finally got it with Last Night in Soho. And it's a She's beautiful way to start a career. Yeah. It really is. And Anya Taylor-Joy as, um, I think she was, she was kind of a lead actor. I put her yeah. like a yeah, yeah. like a lead role as well. Yeah, She did her beautifully well. Yeah, um, absolutely. Absolutely. I think performance wise, everyone that was casted in this film, they, they did a great job. Um, and one thing I loved a lot about this film was definitely the visual elements and the colors. And I think that's what Edgar Wright just does well um, yeah. as a director. And, I agree. Um, I loved the, and also the soundtrack. I thought the soundtrack was really good. It was and really good. I just, all those classics. I just like love the way he, 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 he puts attention to detail to every character where you like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like with, with, um, with Eloise, like you, you understood that this girl is obsessed with the sixties yes, and you got that out of her through her personality and what she does. Like that's, that's who she is. Right. And then even within baby driver, um, you have, uh, baby who yeah. you entertain, like, you know what I mean? Like how he, He's he, like, he's essentially driven by, by the, the music of that time. Yeah, it, actually, their characters are very similar mm-hmm. because he did. He went through the same thing. I think he lost both his parents. Yeah, at a young age, probably in a car accident car or accident, something. Yeah. But um, the way that he coped with that was listening to music, mm-hmm. the old music that they used to listen to mm-hmm. in the car. And similar thing with Eloise's yeah, character. Her, oh yeah, her she mother, lost her mother lost at a young mother, age. Yeah. But her mother used to play old music, and she also copes with that by listening to music from the sixties and being obsessed with that time period. So, I, I really like how Edgar Wright yeah. writes his characters. Like, music is a big part of everybody's life, obviously, and yeah. it really influences you know who we are and mm-hmm. how we are. Um, yeah. And and that's how he likes to write his characters as well. And I, I think he's I very that. I think he's very driven from the I think he thinks of the characters first and then writes mm-hmm. the story. That's the when I'm seeing one of his poems, that's what I feel like. Okay. So like he's um I think he, he he focuses a lot on the character. Right. And understanding that the character is the story. And obviously me. But you know, I, I think mm-hmm. he puts a lot of, of care into what into the characters that he writes and the significance of, of the character. I agree. I think especially his his main characters. What do you, um what would you rate it? Wow, okay. Uh all right. I'm stuck between two numbers, but I'm gonna get I'm gonna give it this one. Last night in Soho, I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. Mm-hmm. Um I think one one problem where I, I bring it down was that I think it it, it it was slow for a good amount of time, but it wasn't justified to be like, it wasn't justified to be that slow at some points. I think you definitely could have picked it up a little bit more, but, um, but what brings this movie an eight to me is that one Thomas McKenzie kills it. She is a great actress and I can't wait to see her in up and coming projects. Anya Taylor joy is really well in this film and all the supporting cast around them is really good. Um, the direction of the film is done really well as well from colors, visuals, and moving the story along. I think Edgar Wright does it really well. Um, that's why I have it an 8 out of 10. What about you? I can agree with the pacing issues they were saying. That's why, um, I mean, I was pretty tired. Um, I saw the movie kind of, it was late for me. You know, I go to bed at like 10 o'clock now. I'm old, dude. But um <laughs> I went at a nine fifteen show, so oh, it was wow. like, yeah. So it was like I was already Bro, that's tired prime time, after work. Nine fifteen. That. That's like the, that's a good time. It, it is. <laughs> it is on, on the right day. I just had a long day, um. So I definitely felt the pacing issues, and that's where I was like, kind of, you know, getting really tired. But then somehow the movie like piqued my interest again, and I was yeah. right there, mm-hmm. um, because it just has some beautiful sequences that are very captivating. Um, and for that, that's what bumps it down a few points for me. But in terms of like, you know, story was very interesting. The characters were interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, cinematography was beautiful, uh, directed beautifully. Although there might be certain times in this movie where it felt like it, 
it felt like it turned into a different movie in a way, like at least visually. I remember very distinctly, like there's a scene where she's running away. Uh, Eloise is running away from all these ghosts and she's going down this dark alley and the sequence that's showing like the, the way that it was shot, it kind of felt distracting to how the rest of the movie was shot. Mm-hmm. At least to me. I know, I know, I know a sequence you're talking about. Yeah. Kind of like, kind of like an animation type thing. I don't know. It was, yeah. It was just, I know. It was yeah. a weird like nightmare yeah. kind mm-hmm. of sequence. And yeah, I think, the, I think that was done on purpose to kind of like, yeah, take you out. Okay. Take you out I, of it. I could like, see that. Whoa. It just felt to me, it just felt a little bit inconsistent in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the movie was under two hours, but because it was had slow pacing, it felt like a two and a half hour movie <laughs> to me. Like that's oh, a, to you. Yeah. I mean, obviously I was tired. So there's that factor too. So maybe ignore that part. All of that being said, I might give this movie it's tough. I, I'm going to say between a 7.5 or an 8. Okay. Um, if if I watched it in Dolby like you did, yeah, I think I, this movie would have been like an 8, 8.5 for me. The sound, Solid. so for me, the sounds definitely kept me in the film. Um, yeah, 100%. A lot more because Dolby uses the, the height channel. So yeah. the, the way this film was edited for sound was done really well where you would hear the surround just mm-hmm. work so well, especially when the ghost scenes were happening. Yeah. Like you would hear from the top, from the from the top yeah. and like around it was uh-huh. it was dope it was dope um so yeah this film was definitely definitely made to see in dolby um if you guys know what dolby theater is it's uh it's a theater with uh, a 4k projector um really good contrast but also the speakers are height channels so they have speakers on the sides but also on top and what did it, what it does it creates a a a surround a, creates a spatial audio where um let's say there's a, a plane that flies from from the top it's you're gonna feel like it's it's gonna project sound from the top and you're gonna feel like you're hearing the, the sound coming up from you yeah so that's what dolby is it's very and realistic yes yeah, very sound. realistic spatial audio yeah 4d 4d audio sure yeah right yeah so, I, yeah so i feel like if i had seen it mm-hmm. then i would have it would have really helped me to uh have a higher score and enjoy it more mm-hmm. um so if you can watch in that premium format i would i would suggest so and I, that's that's probably what made baby driver work for me too it's the soundtrack yeah the soundtrack drives the movie as well mm-hmm. in that so i agree with that point well folks that's all we have today for you but um we are so excited for the next coming episodes just Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram, Redox Cinema, and also see you soon.